now, from the Kid Zone, it's Bedtime Adventures. Adventures, adventures. Hey, why is there an echo in here? Echo in here, echo in here. Because it's cool, because it's cool, because it's cool. Well, good evening, everyone. I'm so glad that you joined us again tonight. Yes, tonight we shall feature part two of Ocean World. I hope you're excited. So without any further ado, let us get started, shall we? And like with any good story, we must start from the start and we must begin from the beginning. If you remember on our last episode, the three boys traveled to Ocean World, and when we left off, they were in trouble, having been thrown off the crow's nest into the ocean by three tritons. Yes, tritons are big, super strong creatures with three tentacles coming out of their face. But anyway, I digress. They were in the water trying to swim back to the plank village when Jet felt something brush his foot under the water. They looked back, and there they saw the tiger drackle surface. It looked like a massive stingray, but it was bright orange with blue tiger stripes and had two stingers, not just one. And it had one eye on the bottom of its head, and it was headed straight for the boys at full speed, with its mouth open showing sharp teeth all around. So the boys swam as fast as they could towards the nearest barnacle-covered pole and the tiger drackle was getting closer and closer when they heard, Give me a hand! And looking up, they saw Borf, the man with the pufferfish head. He was floating there in his blue submarine, reaching out to grab the boys. Come on, son, he said, pulling Jason to the submarine. And then he grabbed Jet's hand and pulled him aboard. The tiger drackle had reached James and was snapping its jaws, shutting right on James's leg. But right at the last minute, James pulled his leg in, grabbing Borf's hand, and was quickly pulled aboard, missing the drackle bite just by inches. Borf slammed the hatch shut and said, Brace yourselves, he's about to ram us. Blam! The submarine lurched to the side with the force of the collision as the giant tiger drackle slammed into the side of the submarine. Jace lost his footing and fell into the side of the sub. Hang in there, kid. Let's get out of here, said Borf as he cranked the engines to life. Hold on, kiddies. This drackle is coming in for another ramen. And Borf hit the thrusters and the submarine lurched forward. Jace saw the giant beast swish past his porthole window, barely missing the submarine. Ooh, that was a close one, said Borf, as he guided the sub down into the ocean depths. The tiger drackle curved around and followed, gaining on the submarine. He's not giving up, fellas. Hang on for the herky-jerk. And Borf opened up the thrusters to maximum velocity, and the submarine sped up to its fastest speed. The tiger drackle flapped its giant fins in the water, speeding behind the sub, getting closer despite the speed at which the submarine was traveling. Closer and closer it got, approaching the back of the sub. It opened its giant mouth, ready to take a bite of the back of the underwater vehicle. He's overtaking us, yelled James, looking out of the rear window. And suddenly, 
Borf pulled up on the controls, sending the sub upward and reversed the thrusters, slowing it to a quick stop as the giant tiger drackle sped past underneath in front of the sub. Gotcha, big guy, said Borf as he pressed a button on the dash, sending two torpedoes shooting out towards the giant beast. Sensing this, the huge stingray turned on its side, torpedoes speeding past it and disappearing into the blue water. Blimey, we missed it, mates. The drackle circled around and was now heading straight towards the front of the sub, visibly angry. Bohr floored the thrusters and the submarine shot upwards towards the surface. The drackle changed course and followed, and quickly the sub broke the waves and floated on the surface. The drackle shot out of the water, leaping over the sub in the air and crashing back into the waves on the other side. Borf grabbed a harpoon, opened the hatch and climbed outside. Come up if you want to see how it's done. So the boys quickly climbed the ladder and followed the puffer fish headed man onto the top of the floating submarine. There it is, said Borf, pointing to the right. And he was right. The beast floated on the waves about 25 yards off to the right, staring at the submarine. He's gearing up for his next attack. I've seen this time and time again. He'll charge, submerge, and then jump over the sub again. This is a distraction technique to fool us. But after that, he won't jump over us. He'll ram the side. I'll get him with the harpoon on his next pass. And with that, the drackle charged the boat. Borf lifted the harpoon and prepared to blast the beast in the air when it jumped over the submarine. Watch this, boys, he said. They could see the giant creature directly under the water, approaching the submarine at great speed. Borf held the big harpoon up, pointing it at the sky and waiting for his moment to shoot. Waiting for the drackle to leap from the water, all were surprised when BLAM! The creature slammed so hard into the side of the submarine that Borf and all three boys were knocked into the water. The blow to the submarine cracked the side of the vessel and almost immediately it began to sink below the waves. The three boys and Borf struggled to tread water in all of the confusion while the big creature circled around. From out of the water, Borf lifted his left arm, on which he wore a leather bracelet with the blue crystal embedded in the middle. He pressed the blue crystal with his finger and said, Boys, lift your arms out of the water and kick hard to stay on the surface. So Jet, Jason, James all did as they were told, lifting their arms out of the water and kicking below the surface so they wouldn't sink. Borf's bracelet must have been a beacon of some sort which sent a signal because in the sky a triangle-shaped spaceship approached at remarkable speed and stopped hovering right above them. A small hole opened at the bottom of the spaceship and a purple light shot down hitting all four of them floating on the waves and suddenly each one of them were lifted out of the water, floating upwards in the air towards the spaceship. And then at once, the tiger drackle shot out of the water, mouth open, heading straight for Jet, who is the lowest one. Lift your legs, mate, shouted Borf. Jet lifted his legs up as the tiger drackle snapped his jaws shut right below, 
barely missing him and falling back into the sea, making a giant splash. Up, 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 the four continued floating towards the spaceship as it hovered above the sea. Moments later, James, Jet, and Jace, and Borf, the pufferfish man, found themselves standing inside a circular room with a black metal floor and an LED screen which encircled the entire room. Before they could reflect on what had just happened, two holes opened up in the floor beside them, and from them rose two hydraulic discs. The whirring machinery lifted two blue aliens from hidden compartments below. The beings were very tall and skinny, long arms with smooth blue skin. Their hands only had three bony fingers, and between their shoulders was a long skinny neck about the width of a garden hose with one large eyeball on top. Around the wrist, they wore the same leather bracelet with the blue crystal that Borf had on his. And seeing them rise from below, Borf said, Thank you for the save. You came just in the nick of time. Splork, Smaggle, I want to introduce you to my friends Jace, Jet, and James. The aliens both raised their left hand, showing their palms to the boys. And on their palm, each one of the aliens had a mouth, which said, Hello, boys. Welcome to our craft. And then Borf said, Yes, these fine young boys hired me for a tour of Ocean World, but unfortunately our plans were thwarted by three tritons and a very angry tiger drackle. If it wasn't for you two, we would be swimming in the belly of that drackle right now. Now, what do you say we give these boys a quick tour of Ocean World? It would be much faster in your craft here. So the two alien eyeballs looked at each other and winked, and the mouth on their blue hands both said, Agreeable. Please be seated and we shall begin immediately. Borf smiled, thanking them. Without warning, the LED screens, which encircled the entire room, sank into a hidden compartment, showing crystal-clear windows from which they could all see Ocean World down below. Four seats emerged from the side of the room, one for each passenger, so all of them sat down and buckled in. And the two aliens sat in the front at the controls and said, Prepare for your tour. And without warning, the alien craft shot forward at incredible speed, heading directly for the ocean below. The craft struck the waves going into the water, but the passengers felt nothing inside. It was so smooth as if they weren't moving at all. Under the water, they traveled at great speed, Borf showing them all of the whimsical sights of Ocean World and everything it had to offer. Underwater volcanoes spewing with glowing green lava, huge purple and orange crabs the size of your house and a myriad of creatures never before seen and after about three hours of touring ocean world the craft emerged from the water and hovered above the waves right next to the platform where the boys time travel closet was located okay fellas here we are i hope you enjoyed your tour and your time here in ocean world there were some risky and questionable moments but you three showed bravery and came through like warriors. I'm sure your parents will be very proud. 
So the three boys thanked Bor from the two aliens and said their goodbyes walking onto the platform. They waved as the triangle-shaped spacecraft floated into the air and darted into the horizon like a bullet. Well, another cool experience to chalk up with the rest of them, said Jet. Yeah, man, good call on Ocean World, said James. Although there were some scary points, I had a really good time. Same, said Jace, and the three walked into the time closet, Jace pressing the time-traveling disc, and a voice said, Where would you like to go? Please choose from the menu below. And Jace pressed the home option on the screen. Destination home, a voice said. The lights in the closet began to flicker and the room began shaking uncontrollably. The boys braced themselves on the closet wall and the lights went out completely. And a few seconds later, the shaking stopped and the lights came back on and a voice said, You have arrived at home. James opened the closet door and the three walked into their bedroom. And then they heard a voice coming from downstairs which said, Dinner's ready, boys. Please wash your hands and come down. They all looked at each other and started laughing. And afterwards, they washed their hands and went down to have dinner with their family and lived happily ever after. The end. Oh my goodness! I'm so glad the boys were able to escape the angry tiger drackle who was hungry and coming for them. And how cool was it that they got to ride in a spaceship and meet two freaky blue aliens that talked out of their hands with their friend Borf, the pufferfish head man. My goodness, what a zany adventure that was. Parents, please do us a favor and subscribe so you don't miss any cool episodes coming out. A small act on your end that is very helpful on our end. I would deeply appreciate that. You know, I wonder what's going to happen next. I don't know. I guess you'll have to tune in and find out on Bedtime Adventures. Adventures, adventures.